0: Hi, this is David Morris, otherwise known as Survival Dave from UrbanSurvivalGuide.com and SurviveInPlace.com. And today we're going to talk about cities burning to the ground after a disaster. So many say that when the poo hits the fan, everyone left in the city will be killed and killed again. The only cars left are going to be burned out shells and all the buildings will be burned to the ground. It'll be worse than a nuclear explosion. After a couple of weeks, the only food left for people to eat will be other people. Sound familiar? Well, if you haven't heard this before, it's what many people think will happen to cities in the event of another depression, a major terrorist attack, or a major natural disaster. To be fair, the storyline sells books and movies, but is there any basis in reality? In short, no. Even Mogadishu, Somalia... The immoral hellhole that it is, isn't as bad as what people predict for the U.S. in the event of a major disaster. I have no doubt that many will be killed in the next civil breakdown situation, but the question remains whether cities will be any more dangerous than rural areas. If you get a nice isolated rural house where you can shoot your guns and can't see or hear your neighbors, who's going to answer you if you yell help or fire? The answer is nobody. This is a big reason why towns and cities were formed in the first place. The belief that cities will burn also assumes that nobody learned anything after Katrina. It assumes that nobody will use any of the 60-plus million guns purchased since Katrina in the U.S. to protect themselves or their neighbors. And finally, it assumes that all police forces will forget their oaths and duty like many of the New Orleans police force did after Katrina. Folks, the world has changed. There are more gun owners than ever. More of those gun owners are getting advanced training than ever. And there are more gun owners of all political colors who are willing and able to defend their family from violent attack than ever before. Of course, there will be anti-gun cities like D.C. and Chicago that are hard hit because of the exodus of gun owners who want to obey the law. But in areas where individuals can own firearms, armed uprisings by gangs and thugs just won't be allowed to last very long. Good people like you and me won't put up with it. Thugs will do fine as long as they keep attacking sheep, but as soon as they hit a sheepdog, a family of sheepdogs, or a neighborhood of sheepdogs, the game is going to get ugly real quick for the bad guys. Are cities perfect? Again, absolutely not. I'd love to live in a small urban area just big enough that I'm not seen as the new guy for the next 10 years. But the reality is that my disaster survival plans need to be based on where I am today. You know... I have people contact me every month who are concerned that disaster is going to hit before they get finished with my 12-week course, and frankly, I think this is a valid concern. We're living in amazing times. In addition to Acts of God, it's anyone's guess how long it will be before the next major terrorist attack or economic trouble strikes. We just don't know when it's going to happen. It's great to have your plans, dreams, and wish list for your perfect retreat property. We do. But how much good will that do you if the electrical grid goes down tomorrow and you're forced to make your stand right where you live now? I want to challenge you to take some time this weekend to think about what you would do if the electrical grid went down tomorrow. Not a month or a year from now. Not as soon as you get your basic preparations taken care of. Tomorrow. Why? Well, one, it's a feasible attack. It's um, It could happen because of Something as crazy as a a solar flare, or it could be because of an EMP attack, or it could be a cyber attack on our um, on the internet, which controls a lot of the electrical grid. Um, an attack on the internet could um, basically set up an overload situation that could shut down the grid. There's all sorts of ways that this could happen. I mean, it's, it's not a far-fetched scenario. But the other thing is. Uh, Like I talk about in the surviveinplace.com course, your survival plan should be based on solid logistics and planning, not just stuff. Think about where the shortcomings are with your current situation, how you would handle them if you were currently in a survival situation, and then think about what you can do to take care of the shortcomings since you aren't currently in a survival situation. Make a list. If the fixes involve buying stuff, include price. If the fixes involve learning skills, include the time required. When you're done, prioritize and schedule a plan to start knocking everything out. Let me know what you come up with. Shoot me an email or post it on the blog at secretsofurbansurvival.com. Of course, if you need a good tool that will save you hundreds of hours of research, check out the surviveinplace.com urban survival course. It will take you step-by-step through the process of preparing for breakdowns in civil order. It's a really easy-to-follow guide, and it represents hundreds of hours of research, interviews, and training, and years of testing. In other words, unless your time is only worth 5 to 10 cents an hour, it's way cheaper to take the course than to spend your time reinventing the wheel. Besides, time may not be something we have a lot of. Until next time, David Morris. Urbansurvivalguide.com and survivingplace.com.